there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From the king of sports books comes the king of sports podcasts. Unleashed. Presented by BetMGM. Here are your hosts, Speedy Mormon and Olivia Harlan Decker. Welcome back to Unleashed from the King of Sportsbooks, BetMGM. Today is our NFL Draft special, and we've got a couple of amazing guests. First up, NFL superstar Chad Ochocinco Johnson joins the show. And then NFL draft expert Evan Silva will be on to give us his predictions for the draft. But before all of that, Olivia is going to give us the lowdown on this year's NFL draft. Olivia, what do we got? Hey, Speedy. Yeah, I love this week. I love the draft because I cover college football. So I get to watch these guys develop. I interview them over the years, in some cases meet their families. So it's a really special week for me and and watching these guys. But remember last year was all virtual. It was out of Roger Goodell's basement. It was so weird. This year, he's fully vaccinated. He has confirmed he will be hugging draftees on stage. The bro hugs can resume. That's always it's an awesome moment to watch. Oh, don't you love it? And then only 13 draftees are scheduled to be in attendance in Cleveland. Others will be taking part virtually like we've seen in the past, but getting back to some normalcy. And this year, a lot of people and pundits think that this is a big draft for quarterbacks. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. And it's not uncommon for the first four picks to all be quarterbacks. Last year, three of the top six were quarterbacks. But the names you have to know this year, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance and Mac Jones. Trevor Lawrence will definitely go number one overall to the Jaguars. But remember, he started three years at Clemson, all three seasons, took him to the college football playoffs. As a starter, he only lost two games and he's had an incredible season. He's mature. He's savvy. And what I like is he recently got married and their wedding registry was public. And a lot of Jaguars fans bought a ton of gifts on their registry, which is just the world we live in. So he already has a good relationship building in Jacksonville. And then the Jets have the number two draft pick. They're looking for a quarterback. They recently traded away Sam Darnold to Carolina. And a lot of people think that they like BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. He will be one of those 13 draftees in attendance. He had a great 2020 regular season, 33 touchdowns, three interceptions down from nine the year before. And he really he's appointment television. He's so fun to watch improv. He's electric. And then the 49ers traded up for the third pick. So flip a coin. That's Justin Fields or Mac Jones. Mac Jones was once the third quarterback on the depth chart at Alabama, but he was behind some guys like Tua Tungavailoa, Jalen Hurts. He was incredible. But recently, his draft stock has completely risen. He had an amazing senior bowl campaign. He's not as athletic as these other quarterbacks, but he has a lot of momentum and he will be one of the players in attendance as well. As far as Justin Fields from Ohio State, he is Mr. Cool. He is unfazed. Scouts 
love that about him. He had a really up and down 2020 season. The Big Ten had their late start. Ohio State had a lot of games canceled due to COVID. His play suffered, especially in the Big Ten championship game. He played great against Clemson in the semifinal, and then they lost in the national championship to Bama. But, you know, he recently went on a plant-based diet. And I'm very curious to talk to Chad Ochocinco about diet later because my man's nowhere close. He's eating a lot of McDonald's and whatnot. Yeah, I don't know that his diet is uh, like yours, Olivia. We know that you are a very healthy eater. Chad is almost the antithesis of that. Oh, gosh, it, it makes my skin crawl. And then the last quarterback, Speedy, is Trey Lance from North Dakota State. To put it in perspective, draft expert Mel Kuyper Jr. says he's the biggest wildcard evaluation in his entire career. That's decades worth of draft analysis. And he started as a redshirt freshman. The stat everyone loves about Trey Lance is he had zero interceptions in his first season as a starter. And I covered a couple of his games. That was on like 300 passing attempts. It was crazy. 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions in his first year as a starter. The problem with Trey Lance is this past year with COVID, they had a one game season, which was more or less scheduled to be an exhibition showcase game for him. And he didn't really play great. So big question mark is Trey Lance. And really, whatever the Falcons do with the fourth overall pick is going to affect where all these guys fall. And here we're recording Sunday night. By Thursday, we should have answers. And our draft starts Thursday night. I can't wait. But quarterback is the name of the game. Quarterback is the name of the game. Diet is also a big one. And I can't (laughs) wait for you to get to ask Chad about it. So without further ado, let's bring him on. Well, there are three things certain in life, death, taxes, and number 85 is open. Welcome to Unleashed. Ocho Cinco, how are you and where are you? Right now, I'm in Jacksonville, attended the MMA fight last night, rooting for my guy, Jorge Masvidal. Obviously, we didn't win, but it's okay. Because it's it's okay. In life, you never get directions, so they're going to be wins, they're going to be losses. Mm -hmm. And we we took that one. We took that loss with grace. And he's going to bounce back. I don't know if you took it with grace. He took, he took it with grace. He, he, took, he took it with grace. I, I, I don't know if you took it with grace. We've seen you upset. I know you put some money on it, too. You slammed the table. You lost 50 bands. Is everything all right? Listen, if people know me and they follow me and follow my, my structure, my way of living throughout the years and how cheap I am, you would know that was just basically content purposes. And I would really never <laughs> bet 50 grand on anything, let alone spend it and put it on someone else where it's not where the end result is not in my control. Absolutely not. I wear Target. I get my jewelry from Claire's. Come on. That's some good insight. I like that. Hey, listen, content purposes. It's like watching wrestling. Is it really real? Did you actually make real? a bet or, or did you just bet nothing? No, but it's, it's uh. great content. No, I don't, I don't, I don't gamble. <laughs> I don't even gamble. I mean, people that know me know I don't gamble. People that know me know I don't spend any money. Well, hang on now. You're saying you're frugal, but I saw you tweet recently that you would pay someone to pick you up at your hotel and pay right. 500 bucks to take that's, you to Starbucks. That's, that's different. That is giving. That is giving. Well, why not Uber? I tip that way. No, because Uber, baby, what happened to Uber? They weren't, what happened when I wanted Starbucks yesterday? They didn't deliver. They weren't delivering at the hotel I was staying at. And I need my fix every morning for the past 30, 40, I'm 50 now. Yeah, 40 years. I need my coffee every morning. And I was, I was going. You can Uber to Starbucks. No, I, I didn't want to do that. I think it would have been, <laughs> been nice engaging with the fans on Twitter, having someone pick yeah. me up and rewarding them for coming. 
going out their way on a Saturday morning to pick me up to get my coffee. You know, you wouldn't have to pay someone to do that. There are so many people who do that for free to meet you. No, I, I think more so. I like, I like the giving part better. That's Did cool. it pan out that way? That's Did really someone cool. actually come get you or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I posted it. Love to see it. Three, three, three part story. It's there on Twitter. It's still there. I love it. You're all about the content. You're a social media savant. Yeah. But really with, with the diet stuff, I, I've, it blows my mind seeing what you're eating. I know it's a lot of yellow cake, chocolate icing, McDonald's. Wait a minute. Icing. Oh my God. Listen, so good. <laughs> so good. Are you a health, a health nut or are you like? Yeah, I am. Oh God. <laughs> no, you need just, you need to stick to my meal plan. Six months, <laughs> six months. Okay. Eating in moderation, junk food. Cosmic brownies, honey buns, cigars, ramen noodles, cigars, two coffee. a day workouts. Two, I do two a days. Yes. Yes, I do. I do. I saw you speaking to Cam Newton about this and he was not having it. He's all plant-based. I got him. I got him. The plant-based <laughs> shit ain't working. No. It ain't working. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not working. So he's on my plan now. I have a few other NFL athletes under my Ocho versus science dietary plan, and they're going to be successful because of it. Chad, I haven't had a cosmic brownie since maybe 2005. Are they still as good? Do they still hit the same? They still hit the same. Why haven't you? Why haven't you? I just feel like I graduated out of it. My, my taste no, palette evolved. Listen, you know, it, you know what? You're alive, but you're not living. That's what you're doing. You're alive, but you're really not living. You know, it's, okay. graduate, graduating is awesome. But never, never, ever leave the foundation that built you. And that's what Cosmic mm. Brownies did. That's a fact. That's true. Same with McDonald's breakfast, which you're a big fan of. Yes. You don't eat? You don't eat McDonald's breakfast either? It's been a long time. I got to oh be honest. Oh, my. No Dude. way. Dude, you guys are torturing your bodies. <laughs> <laughs> you're torturing your bodies on the proper nutrients that it needs. And it's not the stuff that scientists have told you to eat. I'm telling you, your, your body graves. on yes, the body on the inside, it's screaming right now. Both of you, <laughs> it's screaming. You don't even know it. Okay. Speaking <laughs> of screaming, I know you're an avid gamer, Warzone, uh, Call yes, of Duty. Call there was a FIFA. big update in the game this week. So it was a big week in my house. Yes. My husband loves Warzone. Have you played the new update yet? And who do you play with? Is it former athletes? This is the problem. I've been traveling since the update. The update came out on the 22nd, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I've been in Jacksonville since the 21st. So I missed the update. I don't have my Xbox. I don't have my PS5. And I haven't been able to do it. I, re I told the wife before she left to come see me here in Jacksonville, turn my PS5 on and do the update. So once I do get there, I could just get on and play. So I haven't experienced a new update yet. That's brilliant, though, because do th with? those updates are huge. So, long, so shout out to wifey long. for turning the system on. But as yes. uh, Olivia asked... Who do you play with? Other athletes? You play with just fans? I, I, I play with some of the athletes. I obviously do play with fans. And I play with some of the pro gamers. Aiden, Nick Merckx, Huskers. I play with some of those guys. I carry them because, I mean, without me, they wouldn't be who they are. That's your Twitter bio. You've carried swag and, and all the rest of these guys. Exactly. exactly. Swag. Yeah, exactly. Well, tell exactly. wifey. I, and the funny thing about it. I tell her I feel her pain because I feel like once this update came out, I lost my husband for the week. It's all he can do now is play this game. It's driving me crazy. Well, listen, she's had me for a week. She's had me for a week. <laughs> okay. 
And so once I get back after doing this work, that is my downtime and my sense of peace and outlet from, from life, Man. you know, especially after, you know, just, just, I'm tearing up a little bit <laughs> because gaming is such an important aspect of my life. <sighs> Well, it's, it's causing a real rift in my marriage. So <laughs> I'm glad you love it so much because this damn game, man. That's what marriage, that's what marriage is about. Marriage is about balance. All right. Because before you met him, he was gaming, right? I guess. See, that's the joy See, of it. No, there a wasn't sacrifice. a before me. There was nothing uh-huh. before me, you know? Okay. I got you. I got you. <laughs> there, I, I have this wonderful saying by a friend of mine. Yeah. Gaming is forever. Sex is temporary. Oh man. Think about that. <laughs> Think about that. That is that the legendary Frost said that. That is a legendary <laughs> comment. And to this day, it stands. Think about it. I don't know if that's accurate or factual. It's, it's accurate. It's accurate. Think about what was your, your fellow host? What's his name? Speedy. Speedy, do you game at all? Sometimes, yeah. Like sometimes, casually. Sometimes. Casually. Can you remember how many relationships you've been in life to this point? Yes. How many? Zero. Zero? Oh. Zero, yeah. Okay. But gaming has always been around though, right? It's not gone anywhere. It's always been there accessible whenever I needed it. Thank you. Thank you. That's the point I'm trying to make. That's why gaming comes first. <laughs> Ask her. Gaming comes first. Yes. No. Chad, this is an epic moment. No. Well, your wife is your wife is a patient and beautiful woman. So I give her a lot of props, but it is it is us against war zone. So the battle continues. Now, let's let's get back to football. It's draft week. Everyone is so excited. I've been watching. I'm I'm excited. You are excited. Very, very. I'm, I'm curious. And I got kind of personally pissed off at the scouts. Some of the things that they put out there on some of the players. Specifically, okay. Devontae Smith, worried about mm-hmm. size, worried about height, mm-hmm. and these measurables. The measurables that count are the ones you can't even measure. Hard. You know, there's a certain mm-hmm. it factor that individuals have that makes them special or elite talents. Devontae Smith being one of those individuals, and they're talking about height and size and being too small. Well, none of that, none of that plays a factor in when it comes to the fact can you help my team? Can you better my team? Can you play a specific position and help my team? He just won the Heisman Trophy for a reason against the top competition in the, what's the SEC? SEC, right? Alabama. Because the best competition, you're talking about he's only 160. Like, what, what are these scouts doing? Like, what are you doing? Is people like that or put information out like that that causes owners and GMs to miss out on special talents because of stuff that has nothing to do with the game of football. And, and Chad, that's a problem that we've started to see as well in basketball with these kind of mm-hmm. statistics and over-unders right. and stuff like that. Is mm-hmm. this, do you think, a problem that is just across sports where we need to let what the athletes do on the court and on the field dictate things more? Thank you. Film. Film. The eye test. Scouts have this thing called the eye, eye test. test. The eye test is great. You no know, looking to part. Size. Always big. Always strong. Always fast. That means nothing. Oh, he runs a 40-yard dash in a 4-2-4-3. means nothing. When is the last time you've seen a football game played in a straight line? When? It's all about angles. Being able to 
understand leverage and technique and, and, and get a guy leaning a certain way. And like, uh, it's, it's so much that goes into it. And it seems like the focus is being able to run in a straight line, turn on a film. How do they perform against top competition and under pressure and in pressure situations? That's it. It ain't, it ain't rocket science. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, you were a longtime Bengal. They have the fifth pick. A lot mm-hmm. of people think Penny Sewell, the top offensive tackle yes. out of Oregon, would be the smartest move. Mm-hmm. Where do you think they need to invest? For me, I think Penny Sewell is a great fit. A great fit. Mm-hmm. Me, knowing Joe Burrow, I think he would want Jamar Chase. Okay. I think Old he teammates. want Jamar Chase. And, and, yeah, and, and having one, a great, great offensive weapon a lot to go along with mm-hmm. Tyler Boyd and T Higgins. And I think they can get another adequate, decent left tackle or right tackle, whatever it is that they might think they need in maybe later in the draft or later in the second or third sure. round, there will be some other decent players that they can get that can, that they can make into a, you know, a great left or right tackle. You know, I recently watched your Larry King interview from years ago. And I think every athlete should watch it the way that you talk about the mentality of mm-hmm. the game. Right. And I've heard your favorite Bill Belichick story a couple times of him ripping Tom Brady. And no. they won. What's your favorite Tom? Oh, do I have that wrong? No, that was right. Like it, it was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. That talk about setting the tone and understanding, sure. getting, getting a better understanding what the Patriot way is yeah. and how everybody is held accountable. How are you ripping Tom Brady of all people the first day about, a game where he messed up last year previously when they lost to the Jets in the playoffs. Right. And he puts up the film of the mistakes he made and he rips them heading into the previous season. Wow. It's like, yo, that, that to me, that, that was, that just set the standard. And I, it, it gave me a better understanding on why they went consistently year in and year out because it starts at the top. If you can chastise your star player, your GOAT player in front of the entire team, it sets the tone for everybody else. Well, that's such a good Belichick story, but what's your best Tom Brady story that uh, explains who he is a little bit? You know, I don't really have any great Tom Brady stories except just being with him that year and watching mm-hmm. him work and prepare, you know, in meetings and go over game plans and go over situations down in distance with, at the time, Bill O'Brien was the offensive coordinator mm-hmm. and just sitting in those meetings with them and watching how they go over the same thing over and over and over and over and being very meticulous on down and distance and what we would do, what would happen if the defense did this. Like there was always an answer for everything. There was always an answer for everything. So no matter what defense is through at Tom, he was always ready. And I think that's what made not just Tom special, but also Peyton Manning. I'm just throwing him out there because those are two of mm-hmm. you know, the two that have just done great things in this NFL. Was Tom at the fight? I, I thought I saw you guys embrace one another. Tom was there. Yeah. I, I was talking with Tom for a while. He was there with Mike Evans and the backup quarterback. I'm not sure who the backup quarterback is, but he was sitting right next to him. What'd you guys catch up about? Uh, no, just, just catching up, tell him hello. We exchange our, my, my famous, I love you as, as I do with everyone I see. That was it. That's how I was doing. He said he's doing good. Talks about the season a little bit coming up. And yeah, that was pretty much it. I saw AB. AB was there, sitting on the opposite side. AB was there with Jake. That's what AB was there with Jake Paul, wow. which was which was a little funny combination. That's what I was about to yeah. ask you about. So I saw you. I saw you also embrace AB, who was there yeah. with Jake Paul. Yeah, Jake Paul just fought and knocked out Ben Askren. Yeah, to a lot of people's dismay and to some others' 
a joy, I guess. I'm curious as to what you feel about Jake Paul. He's a polarizing figure, to say the least. I like it. I like it. He's a polarizing figure and he, he has it figured out. He has it figured out. You have a small window of opportunity to maximize the potential in a social media area, a social media era. And he's got it down to a T. He got it down to a science, you know, and people are buying into it. And this is one of the things I always see on the, on the podcast. I'm on with Brandon Marshall and I am athlete. It's okay to be the villain. Right. It's okay to be the villain because the villain is going to pay off and it's paying off dividends for us. Like last night, they're chanting the entire, the entire crowd is chanting F Jake Paul, F the entire crowd. And he stands <laughs> up and puts up the middle finger to the whole crowd. Everybody starts booing. I'm like, like he really got this thing down to a science. Like he gets it. He gets it. And I, I love, I loved it. I loved it. No, that's awesome. He knows how to work it. Yeah. You know how to work it. Is being a villain, was that kind of a part of your game? I yeah. mean, you were known to be a, an amazing smack talker. Yeah, yeah. See, the, it's kind of different for me is my, I never did anything malicious. My way yeah. of going at my opponents was more in a competitive way. Mm -hmm. It was trash talking, but more in a, a entertainment type style, like not in your face and I'm going to do this. No, I'm going to score. I'm going to celebrate. And it's a challenge to you to be able to stop me, you know? And that was pretty much it. So my way of doing it was more about entertaining and making sure you got your money's worth when you came to watch me play. I love that. Who in the game right now do you feel like has that same sense about them? Who do you love watching play, especially wide receivers? I think no, there's nobody with that personality, but there are some wow. individuals that have the game, that, you know, the exact same game and style and, and flair, they just don't let the mouth come along with it. Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, Julio Jones, Justin Jefferson, amazing rookie mm -hmm. year, you know, Stefan Diggs. Like, it's, it's, it's a bunch mm -hmm. of them. They have a, a certain flair about their game. If they had the personality to go with it, it'd be curtains. All the personality <laughs> happens to be on the defensive side of the ball now. It's funny. Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, he... He got it. Richard yeah. Sherman, you know, they have it. It just it seemed like the personalities have flipped to the opposite side of the ball. That's interesting. Are there players in other sports or other major professional leagues that you see this personality in? Just to broaden it from football a bit, because someone who comes to mind for me is young Anthony Edwards from the Timberwolves. Yes. Yes. He, and he's good. And he, he has the mouth and he's, he's very um, honest, especially when he's like, I don't know who Alex Rodriguez is, yeah. you know, but he probably really doesn't know. He probably really doesn't know, but his game can back up everything else. Yeah. His game, it, it, it backs it up. So, I mean, just him being him is, is exciting. It's exciting. And NBA, I can't think of any villains, any villains with a personality. Everybody's more just about their business. Kevin Durant is viewed as a villain to many. Yeah. In, in a sense, in a sense. He, he doesn't play into it though. Yeah. 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 He doesn't play into it. Now, even on the soccer field, I mean, you're, you're a man of so many interests and hey, in my hometown, yeah. Kansas city, you were involved with sporting KC for a little bit. Walk me through those steps and, and how being a NFL wide receiver was so different from making it in professional soccer. Well, obviously I didn't have the resources to play soccer growing up. Obviously I'm from Liberty city, which yeah. is a, an okay area, but soccer really isn't one where you could, you can play or even achieve at the highest level. So 
in order for me to get out mm-hmm. thinking long term as far as the career is concerned, it, it was it was football. But soccer, for some reason, was always embedded in my heart and something that I wanted to play. Didn't have the resources to do so. So as I climbed the ladder, I used soccer as a way to train, in a sense, to prepare myself for football along with other things. Um, and just that love for it is still there. We had a lockout. I don't remember what year that lockout was. And Peter Vermese, I think, is the head coach at Sporting KC. He gave me the opportunity to come out and have a trial run. Not that I was really going to make the team because it, it takes years and years of, of experience, you know, to be able to, to make a team, even of that sure. magnitude, even though the MLS is seen as, you know, how people are. It's, it's still this good quality soccer. And I just, I just couldn't do it. But the experience was fun. Experience was fun, and I was very thankful for that. Did you ever have a chance to salsa on a soccer field? No, because that would that would require me to score. That would require <laughs> me to score, and it's it's not as easy as people think. Oh, of course, yeah. no, highest level, of course. Now, j- just back to this year's draft. Then, as you do look at quarterbacks, everyone's talking about the quarterbacks, especially that they think maybe the top five picks, top four picks, could all be quarterbacks. Who catches your eye? Who jumps off the tape? Who passes that eye test for you? My favorite is Zach Wilson. I like Justin Fields. Yes. Um, okay. Why? I forgot the guy from North North Dakota. Um, Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Trey Lance is, is nice. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence. We his resume speaks for itself. But Zach Wilson has is very Patrick Mahomish. Mahomish. If you look at his body language, his mechanics. Oh. His mechanics, his throwing motions, the sidearm, the throwing off the back foot. You know, just being accurate, throwing across his body. Mm-hmm. He has that same type of style. And and once mm-hmm. quarterback coaches get a hang of him and don't try to change him, but just add to what he already has, I really think he's going to be somewhere in that realm. I, that's a, that's exciting. It reminds me of Baker Mayfield coming out of Oklahoma in a, in a little bit. You know, he's just not as yeah. boisterous yeah. with it, but his mechanics and his mannerisms are, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, he's he's good improv. He maybe that boisterousness will come with confidence years in the league. Yeah, probably. probably. Or or the opposite. <laughs> or you get beaten down to a pulp. He won't. I mean, Robert Salah, if I'm sure he's going to the Jets. I mean, that it, that should be a lock. He's yeah. gonna be fine. Yeah. He got the right coach. As long as Jets Jets management allows Robert Salah to build a team around him and allow him to do what he needs to do to make sure his quarterback's is successful, he'll be fine. Do you have any interest in working in NFL front office for the NFL in any further capacity? Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. No, I like Why? my freedom. I like to be able to work with different people, you know, with NFL films, Beach Report and all you know, other other outlets and just freely roam and just be myself. You put me in an NFL office, suit and tie, then I have to dumb down who I am. Wow. And what, what makes Chad Chad? And that is really not, that doesn't work for me. I like that. Chad, I got to ask you something that potentially could mean a lot to me. Is it true that you had a 2.2 GPA or is this all a joke? It was a joke. It was, it was a, a joke. joke. Okay. Cause this is trending on Twitter. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah, yeah. Yesterday. Like if you, if you follow my tweets, well, I think for people that follow me, people that follow me would know my exchange with my kids the messages are always funny. Yeah. But when they ask for stuff, I always say something outlandish. Like I had to walk eight miles of school uphill both ways. There's no <laughs> freaking hills in Miami. There's no hills in Miami. Like, so just like. That's such a dad right? line and too. Like, That's no, such a dad. Nobody caught on to the point of, of anything. 
I didn't even work at McDonald's. Like it's it's all a joke, and I just fed into it and just kept it going. Right. And it's funny seeing all the I don't want to gullible people, but of course, obviously, they're gonna believe it because I'm tweeting it. They also believe that bet 50k because you asked me, like right? people that know me yeah. but know my cheap ass ain't bet no 50k. Well, what was your you know, GPA? For, <laughs> uh, probably a three two. Okay. So you just, no, well, it was a three, so you just took a point a off of it and made it a two, two for the sake of no, the joke. I did. I made it a two, two because it would be funny yeah, for the sake of the joke. Yeah. It would be funny. And everybody ran with that. That shit was hilarious. They, they still going on. I know it's, it's crazy. Funny. I like it. I like, it. I like it. I am a master troll. Oh, oh, we're very aware. We're very aware. I want to go back. So you, you said that, you know, yesterday you tried to coordinate a Starbucks scoop where somebody could come for 500. It, it wound up happening. But I want to talk quickly about a thousand dollars. round oh, trip. a thousand speed. round trip. Five hundred there. Five hundred. Yeah, I don't even have a license. I probably would have risked it Joe, just for the for the thousand. <laughs> um, but I want to talk about a time to a couple of years ago where you used to just pull up at people's cribs and play them in FIFA. But yeah, Olivia, did you know that Chad used to do this? He would just tweet, uh, you know, something and then just pull up and chill in somebody's mom's living room or basement and play. Chad, how would you summarize (laughs) what that experience was like? Just going to strangers' homes and beating or losing to them in FIFA. It was fun. This always happened during track season around the summertime when we, when we would be traveling. So obviously I'd sit at the track meets and my daughter would run her race regardless of what state we were in. I would have the rent a car and I sent out the tweet and I just find those and look at their tweets and see if they play FIFA, look at previous tweets or look at their profiles and see if it's anything soccer related. And I would, I would just, just drive up and just play. And did you win more or lose more? Would you say? Oh, one more, one more. I mean, you got to think the pandemic messed all the traveling up last year. So I didn't do it, but I did it. I think summer 2019, I believe I'm not mistaken. And I, I won way more. I lost. I rarely lost. Rarely lost. That that is fun. Just that is fun. Just pulling up, pulling up, pulling up the random crib. houses, playing games. Yeah, that's that's fun. <laughs> well, last thing before we let you go, Chad. You know, if people follow you on social, they'll see all the time that you're an amazing giver. Mm-hmm. You will give incredible tip amounts, even if the bill is a dollar, two dollars. You might leave two hundred, yeah. three hundred, four hundred, five hundred dollars. Wow. Based <laughs> off of how much you enjoyed your experience here on Unleashed. What proverbial tip would you leave us here? Would, would we be in the $200 range, maybe the four or $500 range? What, what are you thinking? You know what the funny thing? I don't, I don't tip based on service or based on how people treat me. I tip based on how I am, regardless of interaction with an individual. Okay. So, I mean, wow. if this was a service based on what you guys have done for me and this platform that we're on, I'd probably tip my usual thousand. Thank you. The usual thousand is enough for us, Chad. I appreciate that, my dog. Yes, yes, sir. Yeah, thanks so much for your time. You are truly one of a kind, Ocho Cinco. Thank Thank you. you. Pleasure, pleasure. Be well, Chad. Thank you. All right, guys. You guys be blessed. All right. Evan Silva, co-founder of Establish the Run. You can listen to that wherever you find your podcast. I especially recommend their latest episode, number 179. It's a much deeper dive of the draft going team by team. So Evan, let's start there. If you can give us a shortened version, a Cliff Notes version. We've already dissected the top five. We've already dissected some of the quarterbacks. Yeah. But give us your take on maybe that top five. 
Yeah, so I think that one and two are locked in. I think that Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence is going to the Jaguars for sure. I think that Zach Wilson is going to the Jets for sure. And then the draft starts to get interesting at number three. You talk to people around the league, they believe it's going to be Mac Jones of Alabama, just a one-year mm-hmm. starter in college. But Kyle Shanahan has apparently fallen in love with this guy. But there are also people within the 49ers organization that are pulling for Trey Lance, who is a Patrick Mahomesian talent out of North Dakota State, had 28 touchdown passes and one interception in his college career, 16 rushing touchdowns, you know, very few turnovers, can run, is big, powerful, you know, has a powerful arm, but only had 318 pass attempts in his college career. Like Patrick Mahomes last year in the NFL had 660 pass attempts. So, you know, considered to be raw, but also allows them to keep Jimmy Garoppolo for a year to be the sort of placeholder and the bridge until they get to Trey Lance. And they want to keep Jimmy Garoppolo. They, they, they truly, they, they still really, you know, regard him highly. They traded a lot to get him. They paid him a lot of money, but he is the perfect bridge and placeholder to Trey Lance. But I, I think it's still, I think it's 80% Mac Jones, 20% Trey Lance. I think that people that believe that it might be Justin Fields uh, are, are going to be, you know, if they're betting on that, they're going to be donating to uh, whatever sports book they're, they're investing in. <laughs> Evan, if I can stop you there with Trey Lance, a couple things that I find shady about his draft stock and positioning. Uh, this past season was a one game season and he didn't play great. Mm-hmm. Typically, they play inside the Fargo Dome. That's indoors. It's passer friendly mm-hmm. and it's FCS talent level. So mm-hmm. do those three factors go against him enough to make a team like the 49ers hesitate? Yes. Yes. I mean, absolutely. Those are all sources of, of you know, questioning about Trey Lance's uh, future and, and his, his scouting report. But he is also a guy that I mean, he he I think he's from Minnesota. He's played mm-hmm. in the cold weather. If he were to yeah. go to San Francisco, he's not playing in the cold weather anyways. Sure. You know, he'll be playing. I mean, maybe when they go to Seattle, when it's raining a little bit. But, you know, otherwise they play, you know, L.A., you know, they play in San Francisco. So he, that's not really a big knock on him as it pertains mm-hmm. to becoming a San Francisco 49er. Evan, on the defensive side of the ball, who is your favorite? Who do you think is the best bet? Well, uh, the defensive players don't really come into play until maybe at the earliest number eight overall to Carolina. I mean, I think more likely number 10 overall to Dallas. Dallas needs defensive personnel big time. They had one of the worst defenses in the league last year. And all they really did was change defensive coordinators from Mike Nolan to Dan Quinn. And that's typically not enough. You need better players. You know, I mean, the, a coach is really only as good as, as his personnel dictates and they need more personnel. So I, I think that Patrick Sertan, a cornerback out of Alabama, J.C. Horn, a cornerback out of South Carolina, Jalen Phillips, uh, Miami, Florida defensive edge rusher. These guys are in play for, for Dallas at number 10. You brought up Carolina earlier. The move they're making with Sam Darnold and how they're they're saying they're going to wait till after the draft. They have until May 3rd to pick up his option. Do you think that this is smoke screens posturing? Do you think it's trying to create a trade market and give the idea that maybe they're trying to get a quarterback? Or do you think they like Darnold and want to stick with him? Well, I think that they are one of the most interesting teams drafting in the top 10. Yeah. I think that they're one of the most, the, the least predictable teams. They could go a number of ways. They could go quarterback. 
They used their entire draft last year on defensive players. They drafted, I think, seven or eight players all play on defense. They could use offensive line help for sure. I think that actually, if you look at sports books, like they are one of the likeliest teams based on the odds to draft a defensive player uh, at number eight overall. But, you know, again, they, they could also draft wide receiver. Uh, neither of their current top two receivers, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, are under contract past the, this fall, this upcoming season. So they could go a number of different ways. They did trade. They didn't trade that much to get Sam Darnold, though. They mm-hmm. only trade a six round pick this mm-hmm. year and a second round pick and a fourth round pick next year, which is the equivalent. If you look at the draft value chart of like the 45th overall pick this year. So that that's really not that much. And they don't have a, you know, big monetary commitments to, to Sam Darnold. They could have already picked up his option for 2022, which would be 19 million. They haven't done that yet. And they announced publicly today, actually, that they're not going to do that until after the draft, decide whether to pick up that big option. So, hey, if they draft a quarterback, you know, if, if like Justin Fields falls into their lap, yeah. they might not pick up that option on Sam Darnold. And then they've got, you know, two, two like, you know, imagine like throwing darts at a board in Sam Darnold and Justin Fields. I think that would actually be an ideal scenario for Carolina. Evan, what team do you think makes the biggest turnaround this year after uh, who they pick up in the draft? Well, I think that it, it very much could be the Broncos, the Denver Broncos. You look at their offensive line took a huge step this past year. I think they're returning almost every starter and they're bringing back Juwan James, who opted out uh, of the uh, uh, 2020 season at right tackle. He was a big ticket free agent signing for them and he didn't participate last season. They had the best offensive line coach in the league, Mike Munchak. They have explosiveness at wide receiver and at tight end. Noah Fant, Cortland Sutton's coming back, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler. And, they, and they're going to have a good defense under Vic Fangio because Vic Fangio only runs good defenses. Uh, and they're getting back Von Miller too, by the way. So they need a quarterback though. And I think that they know that Drew Locke is not the answer. I think they've actually known that for two years. If they can make a move up, I think the Lions at number seven or maybe even the Falcons up at number four could be a trade partner for Denver to go get Justin Fields, Trey Lance, maybe Mac Jones, you know, whatever one of those quarterbacks falls, I think that could help uh, bring the Broncos over the top. You look at their win total right now on sports books. It's like six and a half, seven wins. I think this is an eight to 10 win team. And they're, they're wow. over on win totals is, is one of my favorite bets entering 2021. Yeah, Denver needs a quarterback. Cincinnati does not. They have the number five pick. Penny Sewell is the top offensive lineman everyone's liking. Yeah. Do you think Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern is a close second? I feel like there's not as much buzz around him. He is a close second, but I think that Penny Sewell is going to be the first offensive lineman drafted. Yeah even as someone that a couple of weeks ago actually put some money on Rayshon Slater to be the first <laughs> offensive lineman drafted, I think I'm going to end up donating myself. You know, okay. so I, I hope that they, I hope the sports books uh, use that money wisely. You know, I, the word on the street with the Bengals, and this frustrates me, you know, just as an outside observer of NFL teams, the Bengals, they, they used the number one overall pick on Joe Burrow last year. He took a ton mm-hmm. of sacks. He tears his ACL. They've had the worst offensive line in the league for the last decade. Crazy. And I don't think they're going to use this number five pick on an offensive lineman. I think they're going to go for a wide receiver. I think they're going to draft Jamar Chase out of LSU. 
who played with Joe Burrow in 2019, actually mm-hmm. won the Bolitnikoff Award over mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson of the Vikings, who was insane as a rookie, but they're playing on the same team. Jamar Chase actually outplayed Justin Jefferson. So I think that's what they're going to do. I think that ownership has stepped in and said, we, we're going to take the wide receiver. We're going to pair him back with Joe Burrow. I think as an outsider observer, it's malpractice for them not to take an offensive lineman. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think, you know, the Bengals have not been the best decision-making organization for a really long time. That's the thing. Joe Burrow, he is electric. He comes to life if he has an elite offensive line. And that's been a weakness there so long. It's mm-hmm. it's interesting a fan's take on the draft versus a front office's take on the draft. And or, or like earlier, you mentioned Detroit. They're kind of in a rebuild. And why do you still feel like they're not going to maybe trade down? Because I heard it on your podcast that they still may not give up that number seven pick because there's kind of an old school mentality. They're not going to yeah. uh, sacrifice a season. Yeah, I mean, they are, you know, they have like a lot of old school football thinkers like Chris Spielman and John Dorsey and um, Anthony Lynn and Dan Campbell and Dom Capers all working in their organization. And so, you know, the idea of maybe taking a step back for a year and, you know, doing what the Dolphins did in 2019 and what the Browns did for a couple of years. And you've seen the, the rise of those organizations. It, it may not make sense to those old school football thinkers. And, but, but, you know, if, if we as outside of observers are looking at this, they need to either take a quarterback or trade out. And I think that those are the only two options. I think that they pretty much took on Jared Goff, not as a solution for the future, but as Band-Aid. just a short, ter- a short term solution. And, you know, a guy that the, the Rams were like desperate to get rid of Jared Goff and, and I think that the Lions, they, they need more picks or they need to go with a quarterback. If Justin Fields falls to them, I think that they should take him. Otherwise, they should trade out. Evan, my last question for you. Who is your dark horse to the draft? The person that maybe will be the, the, the sneaky good pick? I think that the Clemson running back, Travis Etienne, he's not a sleeper. But I think that he is a sleeper to go a lot earlier in the draft than people think. I think he's got a chance to go in the top 20. He's usually mocked like right around the, the first, second turn. And I think he might actually go in the top 20. Also, Jalen Phillips, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, the defensive edge rusher from uh, Miami, Florida. I think he might go a lot earlier than people anticipate. I think the J.C. Horn, the, the South Carolina cornerback, is a guy that could go actually in the top 10 and could be the first defensive player selected. But yeah, I mean, that, th- those guys kind of come to mind. Evan, my last question for you is Trevor Lawrence. We'd be remiss not to talk about the expected number one overall pick. Some pundits call him Justin Herbert plus, which is incredible. Herbert, of course, the offensive rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. But I, I've even heard people say he's the best quarterback prospect in a draft since Andrew Luck in mm-hmm. 2012. Do you think that highly of Lawrence? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, wow. I remember watching him as a freshman. You know, a lot of people do. I mean, he's played in tons of big games. He is, you know, 6'6", 213 with a cannon arm. Amazing he's hair. He's an excellent athlete. He, he, he's got big hands. He's, you know, he runs, uh, he, you know, he averaged 30 rushing yards per, per start in college. He's the kind of guy that can go to Jacksonville and elevate their offense right away. Jacksonville actually mm-hmm. has pretty, uh, an underrated offensive line. They're bringing back all five starters. They've got DJ Chark. They've got LaVisca Chenault, who's just a nasty talent. You know, and I think that immediate James Robinson had a great rookie year at running back. 
he's the kind of guy who could elevate them from being, you know, a bottom five offense last year to all of a sudden being like a top 15 offense. He's going to make the offensive line look better. He's going to make everyone look better. That's what Andrew Luck did when he went to Indianapolis. He, he did not arrive in Indianapolis with, you know, stellar uh, talent around him. He wound up elevating that talent and making everyone around him look better. I think Trevor Lawrence will have the same impact in Jacksonville. That's awesome to be here. Exciting to see uh, where these guys go in the first couple spots. I also have to thank you, Evan. As a Packer fan, I really enjoyed your most recent guest appearance on Roto Underworld, dissecting why the Bears still suck. So thank you for that. That was a good <laughs> <Yeah>. listen. <laughs> Evan Silva. That was, that was a fun one to write up. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us on Unleashed. We appreciate it. Enjoy your draft weekend. Thanks, guys. All right, well, we're wrapping things up with this week's Lions Lock, our dog. Peter Andrew is back to tell us some more of the cool prop bets going on in the NFL draft. But before we talk about anything, we've got to talk about, you know, there was a big void last week. We had to fill your seat with a colleague, but we hear that you lied to us, Peter. And as a co-host, we don't like being lied to. No, we don't. Oh, what did I lie about? Well, you know, we heard that you had a big event or you know something important mm-hmm. to be at, but then we heard that there was a photo of you out on the putting green, maybe, and you you, you ditched us for a, a round of golf. I was in Scottsdale, three oh. rounds of golf. Oh. you guys would be happy to know that I played terribly, so okay. I, I'd have rather <laughs> rather have been on the podcast than than on the course. But you live and learn. Oh, that is too good. Well, let's dig in to this NFL draft. Obviously, you can bet on who's going when. Can you bet on when teams, what order they're going in? Can you bet on potential trades? Yeah. So you, so the trades are a little bit tough because it really is dependent on ultimately what happens, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I've actually, uh, I have a few bets that I love and I think it's super dependent on when the trades happen. So yeah. there's one market we have where it's first four picks to be a quarterback. And then we also have a market where it's first five picks to be a quarterback. So I think the first four make a ton of sense. Jacksonville and the Jets are obvious. I think we, uh, Niners hat representing here, by the way. Okay. Uh, I think pretty obvious the Niners are going to be taking a quarterback. You got the Falcons at four. And then five is a bit interesting because you have the, the Bengals there. But I think there's an opportunity for someone to trade up. So I love yeah. first four picks to be uh, a quarterback at minus 110. And I also like first five because I think a trade will happen. And I think that's uh, plus 300. So pretty appealing for uh, from a betting perspective. Everyone likes Trevor Lawrence going first overall. After that, it's kind of uh, kefuddled to use a fake word with Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. In order, what does Vegas favor? Yeah, so I think it's, you nailed it with number one. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is the favorite. I think he's minus 10,000 to go first overall. Wow. I really like Zach, Zach Wilson at two. Yeah. I think the Jets are in a weird way. It's the second pick, but I think they're getting a steal at two with Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. I think he has just as much potential, if not more than Trevor Lawrence from a Vegas perspective. Then it trickles down as probably Mac Jones, three, Justin Fields, four, Trey Lance, five. And I think it stays that way. I think three and four, you know, Kyle Shanahan has that Bill Belichick in him where you never know what he's doing, but mm-hmm. ultimately I think they go, they go the safe route with Mac Jones. And I think Falcons and Justin Fields make a ton of sense. 
Uh, I think they have to kind of change their style up. Uh, Matty Ice is obviously towards the back end of his tenure. And I, I think a guy like Justin Fields that can move quite different than Matt Ryan, I think it's necessary in the NFL now. So I think they go that route of four. What's a good value pick then? Because it's not Trevor Lawrence at 10,001. It's not. The value pick probably is taking something outside of Mac Jones at three. I think to the point I made about Kyle Shanahan, where you never know what he's doing. I think taking a shot on a Trey Lance or even being really crazy and taking a shot at Kyle Pitts. So Mm -hmm. could, could Kyle Shanahan be that crazy to not even take a quarterback at three and take maybe the best skill player outside of quarterback? At three, Pitts is is that good. He almost reminds me of a combo of like a DK Metcalf and a George Kittle. He's just a freak freak athlete. He can block. Obviously, he can catch the ball. So I think you have to take a shot on some of those picks. And you might be wrong, but but the value is just too good to to pass up. Yeah, they know what George Kittle can do for them. So why not invest in another great tight end? And I don't know why everyone's thinking they need a quarterback and move on from Jimmy G. Yeah, I'm a Jimmy guy. I, I know. Yeah. I know the direction they're probably thinking when they talk about getting a quarterback, but I think Jimmy's had some bad luck with injuries. I still think he'd sure. get the job done and people forget two years ago, they were in the Super Bowl. Right. Peter value pick aside, is there a pick uh, or, or, or a bet that you personally like, maybe it's a fun bet, maybe it's a prop bet, or maybe it's one that you feel like has a, a lot of upside. Yeah. So there's two, I think one's fun and one, I think just makes sense in my head. So, Everybody has Najee Harris being the first running back to be drafted this year. I actually love Travis Etienne. He's -hmm. plus 125 to be the first running back drafted. I think similar to last year, everybody thought DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor would be one of the first running backs. And then all of a sudden, Chiefs come out of nowhere and and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is the first running back in the first round drafted. Um, So Etienne plus 125. And then my kind of funky, fun pick is... The, the always famous Mr. Irrelevant, so the last pick in the draft. It's minus 110 for an offensive player, minus 110 for a defensive player. Oh. But if it's a kicker, if it's a kicker, a long snapper, or a punter drafted, it's plus 1,200. So why not throw 10 bucks on there? 10 to win 120, 20 to win 240. Crazy things have happened. And at those odds, why would you not just throw a couple bucks? Yeah. I love that pick. I might have to, uh, I might have to do that one myself, Peter. And, uh, and, and I'll let you guys know what happens. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be a fun Thursday, that's for sure. And fun weekend, of course. Of course. Well, Peter, thank you always so much for joining us. Hopefully next week you're back and not out on the putting green again, embarrassing yourself (laughs) in those three rounds of golf. Got my word. I'll be back next Sunday. Okay, good. All right. We'll hold you to it. Thanks, Peter. (laughs) Thanks, Pete. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you check out next week for our special guest, Austin Eckler, as we wrap up all the events of the NFL draft and also check out all the action from BetMGM. Follow them everywhere at BetMGM. And please leave a review of the show on Apple Podcasts and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. See you guys next week. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. 
Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.